listening to the Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Well, hello and welcome to Friday. Thank you for spending some of your time with us this hour. I want to be famous. I want to be famous. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. I don't care. I just want to be famous. I'll be honest with you. I want to be famous. That's what I want. And I'm willing to do what? What is it going to take? Is it going to take me shouting something outrageous on an airplane? What do you got there? I'll do that. Long I'll as, be honest with you. I want to be famous. As long as somebody's got the old phone rolling, I'm good. Like get that on. Get that on all the tubes. How about a chair? You got a chair? I got a chair. Let's take this chair because you know what I want. I want to be famous. That is what's happening. It's in the news today. The sentencing for Marcella Zoya, Crown asking for four to six months in jail, two years probation. And I like this one. A ban on posting to social media for a period of time during her probation. Put down your phone. You can't have that phone anymore. This is what it has come to. Catherine McDonald is our global news crime specialist who's down there at court today. Catherine, hello. Hi, Alan. What's going on in court today in terms of the sentencing? Where are we now? Well, as you just said, and you probably read on my Twitter feed, uh, yeah, this is the first time I've ever heard a Crown suggest that part of a sentence should be a ban for the for the accused in this offense who has in this offense she has already pleaded guilty to mischief. A total ban on her posting to social media because the Crown says that it's clear uh, that Marcella Zoya uh, did this for the notoriety and fame because she's continued to post on her social media account uh, and and at one point even getting in a Drake video for a moment. And the Crown says if we don't send her to jail, then maybe it would have been worth it for her. So, uh, you know, that was a shocker when I heard that submission. But this, this is, like you said, maybe what it's come to. And so the defense says, no, 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 this, my client is truly remorseful and uh, she should be given a suspended sentence. Uh, that's Greg Leslie. He's saying, you know, she she suffered from ADHD. She has uh, been dependent on alcohol uh, since high school and that the night before she was uh, drinking. And he says she needs counseling for alcohol. And uh, the Crown really believes that this is the time to send a sentence that if you do something, even though, you know, in this case, her there's some argument as to who posted the video. Ms. Zoya told the, the probation officer that her friend posted it. Uh, her friend took the video, and she was unaware her friend posted it. The Crown says whoever whoever put it up, it was her phone. She she had to know if she was being videotaped. It might have gone on social media. And she needs to be responsible for what went up. And uh, she says, you know, someone could have died here. Uh, Are we getting a decision today, or is this a reserve decision? What is this? This is not clear what's going to happen. I know the judge is uh, quite... Last time I was in court a couple of weeks ago, she wants to get this finished with. Um, and so does the whole said, city. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we have other accused now to deal with. Yeah, right? we, we, have, we have other people to be, you know, fascinated yeah, with uh, uh, how stupid the they've been. Hoax now is next. I mean, next month we'll be we'll be moving on to James Pottock, right? So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, but however, this this judgment, um, you know, in, in the case of Mr. Pottock, obviously the video never did get online, didn't go viral. But, you know, yes, I mean, it did. It did. It totally. I mean, him actually saying the thing didn't go viral, but you know, the, no, the him being hauled off. Now, and, and here's the thing, Catherine. Because hold on, because this is what I want to talk about here is that now we have this kind of this this 
this precedent being established here at Toronto. And and now we have Mr. Podock, and let's play what he had to say here, because he, he talks to us here on Global News, and he just straight up admits that this is what he did it for. Well, I had my camera with me. I was looking to to get a viral video. I was looking to get it up on all the social media platforms, on social media going, wow, this kid's got some balls, or this kid is crazy, whatever it is. What I did was wrong. I ruined the flights for 200 and some odd people. I ruined their flight. So, Catherine, I'm speaking with Catherine McDonald, our global news crime specialist. Right there, that's him saying, I, I did it for that reason. And here we have a case with Chair Girl where right in court they're saying that is an aggravating factor in sentencing. Right. And, and you know, and, and at the end of the day, they the reason the Crown says that Ms. Zoya must do jail time is because they need to send a clear message that this was a very serious crime. Uh, the Crown says she's really lucky she didn't kill someone, and we need to send a message of denunciation and deterrence so that this doesn't happen again. Yes, I mean, you know, they say a mitigating factor is the fact that she's a young person. She was only 19 at the time. At the, at the same time, it's young people who may uh, think that this is funny to do something like this. And I, this one just popped up on globalnews.ca. This is at a Walmart in Illinois where two suspects have walked into a Walmart they had a sign that said, I have coronavirus, and then proceeded to spray an unknown substance on thousands of dollars worth of food and merchandise. Turns out that it was actually Lysol that they were spraying. That's what it's been identified as. But they've been they've been picked up. And again, this is likely, again, another sort of a thing where, oh, well, let's try and go. everything's about going viral. It's well, such I, a weird world we're in, yeah, Catherine. And the Crown, Heather Keating, did say this morning, she said, Based on the pre-sentence report, she said, I don't know that she actually is remorseful, Marcella Zoya. She says her real regret appears to be the consequences to her crime, not the crime she actually committed, because she expressed frustration that these 30 seconds changed her life. So it's sort of reminiscent here of what Mr. Podock was saying the other day, was that, you know, he didn't realize at the time that people were going to take it seriously and that it was going to be, you know, he, he when he made that admission... I was shocked that he admitted this on, on global news, but it was almost like he, he, you know, he didn't, he didn't think of the consequences at the time when he got up and, and said he, he made that announcement on the plane. And similarly, that appears to be also Missouri's defense that she didn't mean to hurt anyone, but the crown says, whether or not you, you did mean to or not, you could have, and it, there could have been a multi-vehicle collision on the gardener of the lakeshore as well, said the crown. Th- this is what we've come to. It's all about, I'll be honest with you. I want to be famous. People just want to be famous. It, I mean, yeah. what a time to be alive. Catherine, I mean, you're going to end up covering more and more of these cases. You're going to be in court dealing with the fallout from people who just want to be Internet famous. Yeah, and I see it with my own kids. They're on YouTube. and My six-year-old is already taking these selfie videos where she's walking around the house and she's talking to the phone. And I'm, I'm worried. I told her, I said, enough with the YouTube. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a mother here who's seen a lot, as you have, as a father, and it, it's alarming to me that uh, my children uh, know who these people are that have these YouTube accounts and that have become famous. Like my daughter, who is in grade nine, says, oh, well, you know, so-and-so at the uh, Catholic high school just down the road from her public school, from her public high school, uh, there is a TikTok star. 
in that school. And everybody, like everybody knows in the neighborhood, that's where that TikTok star goes to school. She showed me the profile. Like, the, the kids got like, you know, 950,000 followers. It's uh, it's insane. Right. I mean, everyone knows who JoJo Siwa is. Nobody knows who Catherine McDonald, crime reporter, is because no one's watching. They're watching YouTube. What a time to be alive, Catherine. Catherine McDonald, our global news crime specialist who's covering the sentencing hearing for Marcella Zoya. What, you just you don't know whether or not we're going to get a conclusion today? Well, no. And if you follow my tweets, not to, I don't want to, lo- I'd love to go viral because I think this case is one that should be followed. <laughs> I'll be able to tell you within the next little while whether or not we're going to have a decision today. And uh, either way, it's a fascinating day because these arguments really are uh, relevant to what we're seeing in the world today. Absolutely. Catherine McDonald, fascinating stuff. Thanks so much for being on the program, as always. Thank you. All right. I just want to be famous. I want to be famous. I'll be honest with you. I want to be famous. And I don't care what it takes. I don't care who I inconvenience. I don't care who I endanger. I just want to be famous, because if I'm not famous, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. What a time to be alive. And to be on the radio. Welcome back to the program. We have uh, developing news from the Kingston area, which may have an impact on your weekend plans if you're planning to take the train heading to uh, Montreal or to Ottawa. Passenger and freight traffic has been stopped since last night as members from the Tyendega Mohawk Territory forcing the shutdown of rail lines in support of the Wet'suwet'en who have been facing raids earlier on Thursday from the RCMP on camps that have been set up to stop a natural gas pipeline in British Columbia. And as a result, that has had an impact on people here in Toronto. And I want to go live now to Sean O'Shea, who is standing by at Union Station, with more of the impact and what we're hearing. Hi, Sean. Hi, good afternoon, Alan. Yeah, I'm in the Great Hall here at Union Station. And so many people are standing in line, sitting around, kind of dumbfounded because many people who came down here today expecting to be able to travel to Ottawa or to Montreal found out when they got here that, as the sign says, suspended until further notice. No trains going through eastern Ontario, no way to get to Ottawa or Montreal because of that blockade that you talked about. Any indication from officials on what's being done? Is it just a wait-and-see kind of thing at this point? From VIA's perspective, Alan, it is absolutely just a wait and see. They have no control over what's going on with the protest there. Uh, I interviewed um, uh, a group of people who were planning a big trip. They were planning to go on the train. It was a school group of about 30 people. They got down here from Thornhill, and only when they got down here did they realize what was going on. Uh, In that case, one of the parents, uh, who's a school bus driver, volunteered to give up her weekend. They rented a school bus, and they're all just in the process now driving to Ottawa for the weekend for Winterlude. So those are the kinds of stories here. But many people, you alluded to the whole weekend, we don't know whether this is going to be cleared up. We don't know whether people who are planning to go on Saturday or Sunday or uh, awaiting the return of people coming from Ottawa or Montreal are going to be able to make it. A lot of people are trying to make other arrangements, driving, buses, that sort of thing. Right, so there's a sense that, you know, like you say, we just don't know at this point. So if you've got to get there, you've got to figure out some other way to do it now. I think if you've got to get there, you better be looking at other alternatives because, as I said, they're not guaranteeing anything. Uh, the VIA is in a position where you can imagine they don't have control of the situation. 
the tracks are not uh, are not open, they can't do very much. So my advice is that if you do have a, a, a serious interest in going going to Montreal or Ottawa this weekend, you better drive. You better find an alternative because there's no guarantee that the trains are going to be working anytime soon. Sean O'Shea from Global News with a live update from Union Station. Thanks, Sean. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Alan. Have a good day. Just to recap again, all passenger and freight train traffic has been stopped in the Kingston area after members of the Tyendega Mohawk Territory have uh, driven a truck. It's, it looks like a, a truck with a plow on the front, and it is blocking the rail line. And that has now mean, meant that all passenger service and all freight going through that area has stopped, and we just don't know how long that is going to last. Let's find out what's going on with that cruise ship. Another 41 people aboard a cruise ship quarantined off the coast of Japan have now tested positive for the coronavirus, including five Canadians now. Princess Cruises says the new cases are in addition to the approximately 20 positive results identified earlier on the Diamond Princess, a number that included two other Canadians. That cruise line says the quarantine period will end on February 19th. But we have this very odd situation going on where you have all of these people quarantined on this ship. And I I have mentioned that these are all of my greatest fears all wrapped into one, you know, pandemic, cruise ship claustrophobic. Well, David Abel is a British national. He is on board that ship, and he has suddenly become a bit of an internet star. He's on the old tubal. He's given updates. And here he is talking just in the last couple of hours. This is David Abel, who is on board that Diamond Princess cruise ship. Good morning again, everybody. David Abel here, news just coming up to 10.15. I've got some new information for you. But there's just a couple of things to say first. Uh, thank you again for all of the comments that are coming in. Um, it really is overwhelming, and I know I'm going to miss many of them. You're gonna I, that I don't get that part right there. I, you know, it's, it's great he's updating the world. I'm going to miss all of this and you. I'm going to I miss all these new friends that I've made while being quarantined inside this small shoebox. I'll be honest with you. I want to be famous. (laughs) He's famous already. Mr. Abel is famous. All right, let's get back. He is actually providing an incredible service. He says, he goes on to say in a bit I won't play here from the interview, where he says he's talking about the people who are in the interior of the boat. And this is another thing, is if I ever was convinced to go cruise on a cruise, I'm a cheap guy. I would not pay extra to have the thing on the outside with the balcony. I wouldn't have done that. So I would have been on board. I would have been one of these people on the inside. But that's just me. Basically, these people who are, you know, in there, they've got often no way to communicate. So he has offered for families that have people on board, say, if you want to get a message, I will go and I will find them and I will get a message to them. There's a team of them that are doing that. So he's obviously uh, providing a great service. So what is it really like they're on board that ship right now. Let's get back to David Abel. It's a horrible situation for the most passengers on board being stuck here, confined to the cabin. We are not allowed outside the room. Um, those who've got windows or balconies, you know, we are the really fortunate ones. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Yokohama and uh, it's blooming cold, mind you, um, but the sun is shining and it's a lovely day. I love this guy. This guy is the greatest. He deserves to be famous. You know what? He deserves to be famous. 
And then he goes on to say this, and this is interesting because I, I read in my intro the fact that we have all of these new cases. Well, if you're on board the ship, they don't tell you anything. You just you're just in your room, and every once in a while they come around and hand you a sandwich. Here again is David Abel. You, Captain Sir, must know what is going on, what is happening, what the plan of action is likely to be, and we passengers, we really would like to know. So that would be really good. Now, I've made a lot of acquaintances with news reporters worldwide. Not bragging, I'm just saying this is what it is. And I'm asking you, can you find out what the situation is? Isn't that incredible? This weird feedback loop now. You have this guy, Mr. Abel, informing the world what's going on, getting messages to passengers, and then asking for reporters on the outside world to tell him what's going on because he's not getting any information. Stuart Ciron is the cruise guy. He's on the line. What do you make of all of this, Stuart, in terms of people ever wanting to go on a cruise again? Alan, I'm going on a cruise on Sunday. <laughs> uh, are you a little nervous about that at all? No, not at all. No? It'll be my uh, 276 cruise, I believe. Because CNN has now just reported that a cruise ship docked uh, near New York City, uh, that a number of passengers have been taken to hospital for further evaluation for coronavirus. So now there's another. It sounds like there's another ship. Now, I, 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 I just. I guess I'm. I'm. I'm worried that if you went on a cruise, that something like this might happen. And the next thing you know, you're stuck in there for two weeks. Well, the what's happening on Diamond Princess is you know never never happened before. And uh, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that they were able to you know catch it early. And now, I mean, they went from initial reports of nine passengers, one crew, to what 61 passengers and crew, and they may not be done yet. And you know, being there for you know for for two weeks, uh, you know, uh, on any in any place, not not at home, and not getting the the full experience is um quite uh it's quite a, a difficult uh you know thing to do but, so you uh, say you're you're going on a cruise um yeah. what about what about clients what about the general public do you think people are pulling back from cruises people rethinking whether or not they'd book a cruise now because of this well i i i don't think it's it's similar to let's say with the the cases of let's say with norovirus which really, I mean, it's nothing more than the stomach flu, and we read about it in the paper, and unfortunately the media kind of sensationalizes it, and, um, it, you know, these things get blown out of proportion, but it, no, it hasn't done anything. It's hundreds of people with the trots. That sounds horrible. It just, it does, that sounds, yeah, I don't know if you can blow that out of proportion. It just sounds awful. Well, when you, when you take into consideration, you know, over 385 million people worldwide, um, you know, uh, experience it, um, it's, you know the the number on on cruise ships is so small and insignificant. Um, I mean, and you're dealing with uh, the winter, but uh, it's. I mean, I've been on ships where um, you know it was a, a, a code red with uh, the norovirus, and they do everything they can to you know to keep the the ship clean and and doing everything they can to reduce the person to person interactions and um, you know and, and trying to keep uh, everyone. As, as as healthy as, as possible. I've been on many ships like that, but um, it's it's been years. The the number of cases over the years have gone down, 
But, uh, you know, in, in this case, you know, with, you know, the Diamond Princess, I mean, you have other ships. I mean, you have, there's a, a Genting ship that's quarantined in Hong Kong right now. Um, you've had other sh- other other ships that have not had any cases, um, uh, like Holland America's Westerdam yesterday, uh, where it was turned away from Japan, and uh, not there's there no cases on board, but uh, they're essentially um, cutting all um, access to to Japan while they're they're dealing with this. Um, but these are these are extraordinary situations, but uh, it's it's certainly not the norm, and it, it certainly doesn't. Uh, overly concern me now i mean I, I certainly wouldn't be heading to certain destinations where the the increase you know i certainly wouldn't be you know cruising in asia right now uh, right but and you make a good point you know if you're heading to the mediterranean or, or pardon me rather heading to the caribbean you know that that's not really are you doing an alaska cruise that's really there's no risk there well it's in the people but it's it's the people that would come on the ship that pose the risk and right now um, there are restrictions. So anyone that has been to mainland China within 14 days of the cruise will be denied boarding. So the the industry is taking steps to prevent potential uh, other passengers from having it. They're they're also doing secondary screening uh, at at the ports of embarkation. Um, they 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 have um, machines that are are taking body temperatures and. If someone is, is registering higher, then they are sent for secondary screenings to determine whether they're healthy enough to go on a cruise or not. So, Stuart, I mean, the, the, you know, the, every every step is being taken, and I feel you know horrible for those people, you know, on, on Diamond Princess. But like I said, this is a it's, a it's an extraordinary situation. Stuart Ciron is the cruise guy. Really appreciate your perspective. Thanks so much for coming on the program. My pleasure. Welcome back to the program. Get you updated on what's going on with coronavirus around the world right now. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I flagged this one as something that I think will be so important going forward. And it has real ramifications for the Chinese Communist Party. An outpouring of grief and anger now in China after the doctor who was among the first to raise the alarm about the coronavirus was confirmed dead this morning. Dr. Li Wenlang. A 34-year-old ophthalmologist tried to warn his colleagues about a cluster of SARS-like cases in Wuhan, but police accused him of spreading rumors. Tributes have been flying online after a night of confusion because state media originally reported Dr. Lee's death, then claimed that he was actually still alive and that he'd been resuscitated. Pardon me. So now China's ruling Communist Party, bending to increasing public pressure, has said it will send a team from its powerful anti-corruption committee to investigate the issues surrounding the whistleblower doctor who has now been confirmed dead. This doctor is now a martyr and is representative for anyone who believes that totalitarian government in China must be reformed. Within China itself, there is a dissident streak And now they have someone to rally around. It'll be interesting to watch that. Keep your eye on that. That story is going to continue to update. Let's take you to the World Health Organization and the Director General of the World Health Organization saying that because of all of the worries out there, 
there is now a run on stock of supplies for protecting people. I, I got an email today from somebody in North Bay. They can't get hand sanitizer anymore. There's, like there's none around, none. Can't find it in any store. Well, that's going on worldwide. Here's the director general of the World Health Organization. WHO discourages stockpiling of PPE in countries and areas where transmission is low. We call countries and companies to work with WHO to ensure fair and rational use of supplies and the rebalancing of the market. We all have a part to play in keeping each other safe. That is the Director General of the World Health Organization saying that quit stockpiling these things in places where you don't need them because this is a worldwide emergency and those supplies, masks, all the rest of it, are needed in other places. Let's take you to Trenton, where Morgan Campbell is standing by. Those Canadians have now arrived back in Canada, and they will be quarantined for two weeks. Here's Morgan Campbell. The good news is nobody on that plane showed signs of coronavirus. So what they did was they took them off 40 at a time. It was basically you get off the plane onto the tarmac into a hangar, and that's where the processing starts. That is Morgan Campbell reporting this morning from Trenton, where the Canadians have now been repatriated and will be in quarantine for the next little while. I want to quickly move to Queen's Park. A little bit of an update on a whodunit. You may have heard this story earlier in the week. There were a series of full-page ads that went in some of the papers over the weekend, and they were from something called Vaughn Working Families. And basically what it says is that, you know, teachers are well-paid, and it was basically an attack against the uh, teachers and teachers' unions. Well, now an NDP MPP is calling on Elections Ontario to investigate possible collusion between this group, Vaughn Working Families, and the Doug Ford government. Again, the ad went out in full newspaper ads attacking unions in a number of newspapers. Now, the Toronto Star has now learned that the group has links to a Vaughn lawyer with PC connections. Here's Peter Tabbins, who's an NDP MPP. At this point, the stories we've heard don't pass the smell test. We have a shadowy organization that's spending big money with people involved who seem to be very, very close to this party, a long history. So for me, it doesn't pass the smell test, but an investigation is what's needed. By Elections Ontario, they have the authority, they have the resources, they need to dig into this. There's enough here to justify an investigation. There are shadowy operators afoot. Shadowy operators, that's what's going on. That is Peter Tebbins and NDP MPP. The government response to all of this is, well, what? what Vaughn working families? I've never heard of them. All right, when we come back on the Alan Carter Radio Program, a wrap-up of the world in pop culture, and we will ask the question, is it true there is no such thing as bad publicity? That if you want to be famous, you just do something outrageous, and the next thing you know, you are famous. I want to be famous.
Welcome back to the program. We are keeping our eye on the sentencing hearing for chair girl Marcella Zoya is in court and her defense lawyer making submissions right now. I'm just reading from the Twitter feed of Dave Woodward. Dave Woodward is one of our reporters here on Global News Radio, and he reports that the defense has just said, I know this doesn't deal with deterrent or denouncement, but my client will not benefit from jail. The defense in this case is saying that there should be no jail time. The prosecution is calling for defense and all are calling for jail time and also calling that uh, asking for her social media account to be shut down, to basically be prohibited from using social media. The defense has responded to that, saying her social media account isn't criminal. She's just doing what young women do. I'll be honest with you. I want to be famous. She just wants to be famous. Everybody wants to be famous all the time. That's all anybody wants. I'll be honest with you. I want to be famous. My regular Friday guests are with me, Laura Hensley, (laughs) the Global News online reporter, and Mira Estrada, who is the host of Cultured, which can can be heard on this radio station on Saturday nights. Welcome to you both. Hi. Hello. Hello. I don't, are either of you famous? Do you want to be famous? Uh, I'm definitely not famous. I don't think I'm interesting enough to be famous. You like you are uh, one viral video away <laughs> one viral video. from being famous. I just like to say I would not benefit from a chair hitting me. Ah, good point. Right? Let's. That Let's, is a good point. <laughs> but I talked about this at the beginning of the show. It just seems we have crossed the Rubicon here where you just do whatever you can do to go viral and just fame is fame now. And, of course, this brings us to coronavirus plane guy. This is the guy who uh, shouted, I had coronavirus and a flight to Jamaica to Montego Bay had to turn around, come back. A lot of people inconvenienced, a lot of people very angry. And by the way, to all of my listeners who called in and said, you're part of the problem for talking about this guy, I've heard you, I understand. But at some point, you got to actually talk about what's in the news. You just actually have to. But so we'll leave that there. Laura, I'll start with you. Is it true that there is no such thing as bad publicity? I think in this case, all the attention this coronavirus plane guy is getting is only benefiting him. Apparently, he wants to be a rapper. He's an aspiring uh, social media influencer. So all this attention is actually increasing his social media following. So you're saying I'm part of the problem. This is what uh, you're saying. I, I, I didn't say that, but I think this is good for him. You think ultimately it's good for him? He could go to jail. Look what's happening to... Uh, chair girl here and this guy has actually said out loud i put it on i i wanted to go famous i wanted to be viral wow this kid's is it this is this this is balls or this kid is crazy whatever it is that's him right there it's crazy what it is you're crazy is what i mean james poddock i think a little bit too much poddock is what's happening with our friend here um i have to say don't blame the weed (laughs) don't blame the weed the weed is nothing don't blame don't blame the weed yeah Blame the hair. But seriously, um, just like <laughs> Chair Girl. Yeah. Look at her. Like, it's, it's sort of. I can't she's help get- not looking at her. She's on my social media feed constantly. <laughs> this is the problem. I mean, this is the issue. Right? She is getting what she wants. And yeah. like they're saying, let's shut her account down. Let's shut this guy down. Let's shut down wherever. So he- you're saying we don't talk about it. Just don't talk about it. Pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, I think it's even That's like. That's not realistic, Mira. 
especially mm. when there's a crime involved. You know, she's in court. Yes. This this coronavirus plane guy has been charged. So there's criminal ramifications for what they've done. So I understand why it's in the news and why we continue to talk about it. But then what about all these people that her following went up so much? Like, do you see, it's it's tricky. It's tricky. It's run DMC tricky. Is what it is. <laughs> Let's move to the Super Bowl halftime. It seems like it's now Friday. It seems like that was six years ago now. But nevertheless, uh, I I got to say I enjoyed it. But some of the Karens out there on the internet thought it was what too sexy, Mira. Oh, I was so I was what? so annoyed with these because apparently I'm a Karen. I could not take my eyes off of. I loved this performance. For it was so. These women are phenomenal. Like, it was so fierce, physical. It was insane. And then, as a woman, I'm a mother of Mm. a son and a daughter. My daughter does gymnastics and dance. The physicality of this was insane. The fact that they were celebrating Lebanese culture, Colombian culture, Puerto Rican culture. I loved all of that. And then to see people saying, this is not family friendly. I think about football in itself. This is a sport we were watching men literally beat each other up like let's talk about concussions let's talk about all these other things so you're saying that people are upset about the booty shake i feel it was very hypocritical why why do we think that is okay why do we think adam levine with his shirtlessness is okay but when we see women why do why does women's sexuality have to be totally mutually exclusive from their empowerment i have a big problem with that I also don't understand the pushback. Like, J-Lo and Shakira are performers. They're known for wearing, you know, a bit more revealing clothing, for dancing. Like, they got paid to do what they're known to do. If you go to a J-Lo concert, you, you shouldn't yeah. be surprised what yeah. you're getting. <laughs> and so when all these people are like, oh, my God, these performers are performing in, in outfits that allow them to move, I just did not understand the backlash. I, I liked it so much, I'm thinking of going with maybe some fringe fabric around my butt just, <laughs> just to shake it fabulous. as I walk. I mean, just, I think that would work in my suit. All right, let's talk about Chet Hanks. Uh, or you let's know, not. I, I, don't, I don't actually have the audio for this. Um, Chet Hanks, if you remember this, you got to go back to, what was it? Was it the Golden Globes? Is that it? Where he, he does, he's there, his dad, uh, who is Tom Hanks, is getting an award, and Chet Hanks uh, blows into some Jamaican patois because he's a rapper, uh, and he has apparently tried to now defend this. It, it, do I have that right, Laura? Yeah. So after that Golden Globes incident, he posted on Instagram again, him speaking in an accent, and people are like, Chet, you know, stop. This is not appropriate. To which then inspired him to go on another Instagram rant about cultural appropriation. And in this, I think it's four minutes, he talks about why he doesn't understand cultural appropriation <laughs> is a problem, why he doesn't understand that he can't adopt different parts of black culture. And if you have four minutes, I would recommend watching it because it's just a confusing treat. Okay, so let, but let's talk about the whole, you know, Jamaican patois because, uh, you know, what about uh, Informer by Snow? Anybody? There's a white guy doing, there's a white guy doing Jamaican patois. Okay, so cultural appropriation. No, so here's the thing: is I've written and this I've written numerous stories. I've done research. Um, I've spoken about cultural appropriation. The difference between cultural appropriation and appreciation, you have to have respect, has to be in the right context, you have to have a relationship. If you have a relationship with the culture, if you have respect for the culture, if it's in the appropriate context, 
then yes, you can borrow from a culture. Just the way when you see certain designers that are collaborating, like say, for example, when you're taking from an, a native, native design and native appreciation, that is okay. So I think, say, for example, even if you're looking at Snow, if he had a relationship with people from that culture, if he depends, right? Hmm. It's, wow. it's a very fine line. To me, this Chet guy doesn't know anything to do about anything with Jamaican culture. He doesn't, he is just. What you're saying a, is he can't licky boom boom down. <laughs> is that cool. what you're saying? It's basically what I'm saying. He's making it seem like he's making it so black and white. Like basically you can't do anything with other cultures. Of course you can. It's a beautiful thing to exchange with other cultures. He's not doing it in any sort of respectful way. And then to say, oh, black people can't snowboard now? Like, it's just ridiculous. Let's talk Oscars. We have the Oscar ceremony this weekend. I predict self-important speeches from uninformed elites. That's what my (laughs) prediction for this weekend is. Let's get to the big one, though. What do you think about Best Picture? Where do you think the statue is going, Laura? Uh, I think 1917 or uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I personally would be happier if Little Women won, but I don't think it will. And I really hope Marriage Story, as long as Marriage Story doesn't win, because I don't even think that film should be nominated. You don't don't care for that? Oh, no. I thought that was one of the most overrated films this whole season. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, We were going to watch it together, my wife and I, and somebody said, I would not recommend watching that together as a couple that is not a couple movie so she watched it i did not watch it i watched on her behalf i watched 1917 because she doesn't like war movies so that's how we've taken care of that what are your thoughts on the oscars i i'm wondering if parasite i mean based on word just word of mouth yeah i it's a contender I, and I've heard that, and it's on my to-see list, and everybody I know that talks about seeing it said it is just fantastic. Everybody's like, that should win. It won't, but that should win. That's yeah, the, sort that of the sh- consensus that right. I've heard. That sh- There's a lot of things this year that should, but won't, that should have been nominated even, that haven't. Um, but again, I feel like maybe once a time... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, just because Hollywood loves to give themselves a pat on the back as well. But so. then that's given something to Tarantino, and I kind of feel like the establishment doesn't really like him all that much. I mean, you know, there's still a chance that Leo could win for Best Actor in that in that film, or, you know, Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker. I think the fact that there's not really too much diversity in the nominations as is means, well, what do we think it's going to be, you know, the best out of the lack of diversity? And you have white guy, white guy, or a white guy. Well, there's Antonio Banderas, but I don't think he's going to win for best actor at all. He's totally not going to (laughs) win. White guy. (laughs) All right. Which white guy gets the statue? Uh, What do you expect in terms of how political do you think this thing is going to be? This is where I want to turn it off. If somebody gets up there, if some star gets up there and starts giving me an anti-Trump speech, and I don't care how you feel about it, I just don't want to hear it from you, pal. Why not? I just don't think that's the place. You're not... what. You know what? Just go and be an actor, please. Alan, Alan, please stop it crying. It annoys me. <laughs> it gets me going. Am I the only one that feels that way? I mean, I kind of like it because I think if you have a platform and you're being watched by millions of people and you feel like you have something important to say, especially during this political and social climate, why not say it? You know, Michelle Williams at the Golden Globes made a very important speech. And so I think these celebrities know that a lot of people are listening to them. So 
I kind of enjoy the political rants. Alan, they're people too. Well, no, they're 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 one percenters of one percenters. <laughs> like I just think that every year we go through this. Oh, Oprah made such a big speech. Oh, <laughs> and then we, you know, we just oh, and then we move on to the next thing, and year after year after year, and it's nothing but just look at me, egotism, just narcissism gone crazy. I will do anything to be famous. But if they don't, if they don't make these political speeches, they're going to thank a bunch of people in the credits that we don't know. That's fine. Talk about your mom. <laughs> talk about your drama teacher in high school. That's what you're there for. Most of all, I'd like to thank God. Ellen! <laughs> <laughs> Ellen! All right. Thank you. Laura Hensley and Mira Estrada, my regular Friday guests. Always great to have you both here. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you again for spending some of your time with us this hour. 